yesterday, all the troubles of Dark City's underground drug trade seem so very near. It's time to get back and take the long and winding road up to Bright City, where the sun comes every day. Attempting to take a sad song and make it better, Bungalow Bill, the mayor of Bright City, wants to hold your hand through these dark times by creating a one-of-a-kind music festival. Known as the Foghorn Music Festival, the day in the life at this festival will show that all you need is love, but Bright City still finds itself in times of trouble. A mysterious terrorist known as the Walrus has threatened the concert with something to blast the city into the sky of diamonds. To avoid mass twisting and shouting, the mayor has assigned a blackbird named Sergeant Maxwell Pepper to work this out. With a little help from his friends, Sergeant Pepper might be able to stop this revolution, but also this could be the end. Wow, wow. So many, so many. I love the Rolling Stones. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Strokes. Yeah. Guys, this is a Jimi Hendrix-inspired episode. You guys ready? I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Brian. Let's go. Hey, and what's up? Welcome to Background Checks. My name is Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bobley. And I am Jake Bush. And Houston's our quest giver today, and it looks like we're in for a real music festival. We're in for a real music festival. Uh, I know that was a lot of fun wordplay, so I'll just I'll just recap what was actually said. Our quest today is, last time we explored the dark, gritty... Uh, drug trade noir situation of Dark City. We're going above the surface to Bright City, which we established in last episode. Um, and they're all about, like, let's just keep the troubles at bay. Let's just keep them away. Uh, it sounds like there was some intense stuff that went on down there, so let's do something to raise the morale of our fellow citizens. Let's let's have a music festival. And I did name this the Foghorn Music Festival, because I wanted, I was trying to think of another uh, cartoon bird besides Woodstock, so I went with Foghorn. Um, um, I, I was thinking it was like uh, to like because it was like anti darkness, right? Like, isn't a Foghorn? It, it works it, really. It works on a few levels. Yeah, like it. it makes me look smarter than I actually am. Let's put it that way. I wasn't even thinking about Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But uh, well, honestly, can I tell you? A confession about foghorns. What's that? I thought the foghorns blew away the fog. <laughs> I thought they used the power of sound to just sort of blast here's the fog. It is just—it is just sort of a warning to say here, yeah. here is land. Here's my fog. question Whoa. for you, Brian. How long did you believe this? Because I think that's a reasonable thought for someone who's like five or six. I think it was for a long time. I think it was—it was probably an adult. Um, it—it it may have—it may have been really fully realized as I was preparing for this episode. Gotcha. Okay. My take on that is that there's no shame in believing that until now, because you just had the delightful privilege of believing that a foghorn just magically blew away fog from a ship. by being out. I think there's a cartoon that shows that. I think there's maybe a SpongeBob where there is a fog. I think his alarm clock is a foghorn and maybe it blows away fog at some point. I think I have some justification for why this happened, but I, I'm proud. I, I like literally was thinking about it. I was like, there's no way that's how it works. And I just I figured it also, out. Also, it works on a third level because there is the band Foghorn that plays Slow Ride, the song made famous by Guitar Hero 3. Oh, and that feels like Foghorn? something that would be yeah. at a Woodstock style musical festival. I do think that band is called Fog Hat. I just Googled it. I think you're right. So I should have stopped while we were ahead. But the band in this world can be called 
uh, Foghorn, and their song is called Fast Ride. Th- this is true. And this leads me to my... Oh, actually, let me finish with what the quest is, and then I'll get to our world-building prompt. Okay, so we talked about there's a music festival that they're doing as like, a, hey, don't worry about like the rumors of like mysterious things going on in the city below us. Let's just have a good time. Let's just get high on life sort of thing, and maybe high on some drugs. Who knows? Um, there are a lot of drugs available underground, so... It's drug episode, drug part, episode two. part two. It's connecting thematically. Anyway, the mayor, Bungalow Bill, has set up this concert, but there was a big threat uh, that was sent to him, signed by the walrus. The walrus is from Dark City. That's all we know. Or at least is working with someone from Dark City. We don't know all the details. Some of it we may even just decide throughout this episode. Who knows? But they see this as an opportunity to cause mass chaos and damage and just kind of antagonize the world by destroying, blowing up, harming all these people at this big magical festival, which is symbolic for, like, optimism and hope. And so the mayor, Bungalow Bill, has assigned a character who I'll get into later. And this character has recruited or is receiving help. We'll get into the details of how your characters are pulled in, but is recruiting your two characters to try and figure out this threat, see if they can stop it, see if they can uh, ascertain the enemy, the walrus, find them. That's what we've got going on. Any questions with that? Crystal clear. No, I'm good to go. Well, this leads me to our world building prompt. Let's talk about music. I know this is something that's kind of hard to eloquently describe in a non-musical podcast, but what do you guys think is kind of the music of this world? And maybe... What is music? What What is music? How is music? Why is music? That's a better question that we can't answer. Um, I was, as I was sort of getting ready for this, I did look into what the D&D options for instruments are um, as sort of a starting point. Mm. Because a lot of things in this we have kind of like used D&D as a jumping off point. Um, it's really weird because there's so many different things that boil down to like, yeah, this one's basically a horn. Yeah. This one's kind of a whatever. So I, I do want to branch out from this a little bit. I would imagine they have string instruments like a lute or a, or, or am I thinking of a yeah. lyre? Whatever the, like the, um, the little, you know, four string thing. I think they're both weird medieval string instruments that are basically the same yeah. thing. Yeah. A lute and a lyre. Lute lute might be, is maybe a lute's close to a flute? It's only one that are off. Some, nope, loot has strings. Yeah, some kind of chords that are on some kind of material which has some kind of resonance. Like, I think string instruments are a thing. We can just decide that. And lyre is also a string instrument. I always mix them up, but then I look it up and realize that I it mean, it's matter. probably the difference I mean, between, like, a guitar and a banjo or a mandolin or something. Right. Um, right, just different tones. What about a zither? A zither. I actually don't know what that is. I think an arhu should be involved. An arhu? Or is it called... Are you? What's an arhu? Arhu. Uh, it's a Chinese instrument. When I was living in China, all the kids yeah. learned the arhu. That was like their version of how we learn hot cross buns on the recorder. It's like a single string instrument that you uh, play with a bow. But you hold okay. right. Oh, I've seen that. Just, like, yeah. Change the tension to change pitch and stuff. According to my Google search, arhu is a prominent character throughout the Divinity series as well. How did you A-R-H-U? E-R-H-U. Ah. Oh, yep. I see it. I've seen this instrument. While you're pulling all this up and getting ready to share it with us, Brian, 
I did take a look at the D&D instruments, and the best thing I could come up with is that if you were to combine all the instruments into a band, like make use of all of them, it would have to be some sort of jazz bluegrass fusion band, but folksy. Yeah. Okay. Are there any bands that exist that are jazz bluegrass fusion? I mean, uh, they're. Oh, you're saying in real life? In real life, yeah. Probably. Jazz bluegrass fusion bands. Oh, yeah. Um, Bella Fleck and the Flecktones, obviously. Oh, yeah, that famous one. Bella Fleck does Ska, I think. Oh, I've never heard of them, so I thought they were obscure. But you know your stuff. You, you know your bluegrass jazz fusion bands. Oh, but no, Bella Fleck is a banjo player. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be mixing up memories. Um, but like I, I remember learning the name of Bella Fleck in the era when I was very, very into ska. So Brian, aren't you still really into ska? I'm into ska. I listen to ska, but I don't think I'm very, very into ska like I was. I feel like that is a personality trait of yours. He used to be into ska. He's still into ska, but he used to be too. For purposes of today's episode, um, yes, I am. <laughs> and I would like to establish that and make sure that we do have a range of horned instruments and also guitar and drum available in this world for the purposes of the band that my character is involved with. Yeah, like, I think it makes sense that the, all the instruments we've named so far, like these, you know, variations on on stringed instruments, variations on, um, you know, like woodwind flute instruments um, obviously exist. But I also would like to propose that since we're not necessarily beholden to, you know, the fantasy realm and the rules of D&D by any means, um, there are also uh, Fender Stratocasters. Oh, yeah. But they run on Moondust. They're, they're kind of a new thing. It's like, oh, do you like acoustic or moon electric? Lunectric. Lunectric is way better. Lunectric guitar. I think, okay, so Um, here's what I've established. This concert, kind of like how Woodstock was just like basically all classic rock bands for the most part. These are all prominent fantasy ska bands, folksy ska bands. Every band is celebrating their new Lunectric guitar players. So it's all... Folksy ska with a lunetric guitar lead that takes a 10 minute solo for every song. Love it. Love it. There it is. That's the that's the prominent style. I don't think we can say it's the style, right? We'll say it's like the most prominent yes. style right now in uh, in Brent City. If I ever just find myself with a lot of time on my hands and, and I don't want to take care of other responsibilities, I will um, like create and produce an example song. <laughs> from one of these bands that we develop over the course of this episode. I can't believe we came up with this idea right when you got a job. <laughs> I know. Uh, I've been because my because my days have basically been consisting of like 3 hours of applying for jobs and then 7 hours of practicing and learning music production in my home studio, so. Oh man. Um cool. I feel like we've built the whole world here. I shouldn't have got a job that was dumb. Anyway. <laughs> Who needs to work? Anyway, so with that prompt I guess I'll begin with my character, because uh, it makes sense since I'm kind of the recruiter. Uh, my character is a Kenku lore bard, and his name is Sergeant Maxwell Pepper. As you might guess, he was a sergeant at some point. He was a military man. He did go out into the battles, and he did participate in the battles. And then one day, he just thought, you know, I, I feel like there's more to life than just fighting and conquering And so one of his buddies, one of his uh, privates, uh, that sounds really weird when you say one of his privates, one of his lower ranked military, uh, military men uh, comes up to him and goes, hey, here's some Norwegian wood. Do you want to take a smoke with me? And normally he's averse to this kind of stuff, but he's like, you know what? Let's do it. And they had this 
magnificent spiritual journey where he learned that all you need is love. And this is where he decided, you know what? I've always had a proclivity for music. I always felt I could be talented at it. I'm retiring as a sergeant. I am embracing the bass lunetric guitar, and I'm going to become the world's greatest Kenku singer, songwriter, musician, or at least that I can be. I might mention his his weapon of choice is a silver hammer, hence the Maxwell name. And wait, ex- wait, can you explain that? I didn't understand the Silver Hammer and Maxwell connection. There is a Beatles song called Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. There is a Beatles song called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I knew that one. I knew that one, yeah. I didn't know the Silver Hammer. And there's a Beatles song called Blackbird, and that's why he's a Kenko. Uh, I knew that one, but I didn't make the connection. Very nice. Here we go. Um, so yeah, he has become the headliner for this concert, but... Because of his military expertise, he was the first person that Mayor Bungalow Bill went to to say, hey, can you help out with this? Maybe as like an undercover disguised musician, you would have insight into seeing if anyone else is on the ends with this and trying to sabotage this concert. So he put on the old suit jacket, uh, taking on the leadership responsibility. But, you know, he's still going to have fun. He's still going to perform. And this is where he reaches out to you two, who are his friends. Maybe. Or maybe you're just hirees. Let's get to it. <laughs> uh, wait, wait uh, quick question. And, and I apologize if I missed this, because there was a lot of information I was digesting that was sending my brain in a lot of different directions. Is, uh, does he, so he's performing as a part of like his band. Does that band have a specific name? Like, what do they call themselves? The Lonely Hearts Club Band. Okay, that's what I figured. Um, the other thing I was going to ask was, uh, are we keeping the Kenku's traditional limitation of only being able to repeat things they've heard? Yes, but he has heard a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> but the best way I can explain his singing style is it's like when a criminal cuts out letters from a magazine okay. and puts them on a ransom note. That's kind of what his singing is like, is it feels like it's spliced from other speech and... Yeah. Uh, song lyrics, but it works. It just has this supernatural feel to it. What if I taught me there's a, a name for that genre? It's called Plunderphonics, and it, it also taught me that I'm very into it. So, Oh, interesting. Plunderphonics. It's just lots of sampling. I, I'm going to cut you off, Brian. Okay. Because I think it is better to do... I wanted to do a game during this, and I think it's better to just uh, split it up into increments rather than doing one log segment of this game. Okay. And the game is called... Guess what Beatles song is tied to the spell that my character knows? Oh, fun. I, I obviously know the Beatles really well, so I'm going to do really well at this. Jake, I feel like you know Beatles a little bit better than I do. I, I should. I, I, maybe maybe I, I know them better than you do. I, I'm People who are real, real fans would think me a total poser. Let me put it this way. I saw the movie yesterday, and that's the first time I heard the song Long and Winding Road. Well, let's start with that. That might be a gimme, but here's okay. here's a level eight spell called Maze. What song do you think that's tied to? Wait, the spell's yes. called Maze. What Beatles song is it tied to? Is it the Long and Winding Road? There you go. That's your softball answer. I thought you were gonna say like, oh, now tell me what spell goes with Long and Winding Road since we're already talking about it. But you kind of it was even more of a gimme yes. than I was expecting. Here's another gimme. Level six spell Sunbeam. What song do you think that goes to? Here comes 
Here comes the sun. That's my least. That's my, one of my least favorite songs of all time. I really don't like you're, that song. You're, you're you're beating me, Brian. So I don't think I could ever claim that I have better. I mean, you know, here comes. Well, the yeah, sun. I know it. I could have come up with it, but you're, you're a lot quicker on the draw than I am. We won't count Long and Winding Road, but we will count Here Comes the Sun. So it's one to zero for Brian. We are now okay. Uh, here's another level six spell: Otto's Irresistible Dance. Wait, say it again. Auto, oh, auto is in like the name auto. Yeah, auto's irresistible yeah. dance. And I'll give you a clue. It might be a famous '80s comedy movie starring Matthew Broderick. Uh, Twisted Chop. There you go, Jake. Jake's on the board, one to one. Woo! I was, I was trying to put it together like, like can't stop dancing. <laughs> that was, uh, or like more irresistible. That was more Ferris Bueller knowledge than Beatles knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> My first thought was War Games when you said Matthew Broderick. I didn't even go to Ferris Bueller, so... I guess I am playing with the wrong crowd on this one. Here's one more. This should be a pretty well-known Beatles song. Uh, Level 5 spell, Big B's Hand. Big B as in a name, or Big as as in a a large bumblebee. And the the spell is like a giant hand that can hit things, I think. Um, Alternatively, Mage Hand also works for this. I can't try. I want to hold your hand. There you go. Jake's in the lead. Uh... And with that, since you're in the lead, let's actually go to Jake's character first. Okay, I was actually going to request that I follow you, because here's the thing. For the listeners at home, I feel like you and I, Houston, we've had several like little things over the last few episodes where it almost seems like we planned this and how well it goes together when we absolutely communicated nothing prior to recording this episode other than the basic premise that there was... a music festival or something, right? We're just jamming um, on the same wavelength. We're jamming on the same wavelength, and you're about to find out why. Um, because, well, my character is an elf. Uh, she is a cleric. Um, highest stat is wisdom, uh, typically. Lowest stat is uh, intelligence, ironically. Uh, she is about 19 years old, um, and she is here because she has an uncanny ability to um, well, okay, I'll start with, like, it's important to start with kind of her ideologies. So she's not a musician per se. She is very into music, and she gets involved in music. And, yes, she has collaborated with music, uh, but she's not there to perform. She's there sort of as a fan. Um, but she's also just sort of a, a peace, love, and sunshine type person, right? Um, You're painting this picture that she might be, like, a TikTok influencer, whatever they're called. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, imagine that, but also very bohemian, very uh, kind of quirky, odd, a little weird, and yeah, like look child kind of thing. Mainly there because she is in love with the headliner or the frontman of the headlining band, and her name is Coco Goslow. Coco Goslow. Oh no, is it is it Yoko Ono? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So just imagine, if you want to picture her in your head, uh, you can picture Yoko Ono, and that's a very good Oh, this is amazing. What her whole vibe is. And I literally, Houston, I literally wrote down on, because I have like a template that I'm just using now, and one of the questions that I fill out when I'm making my character is, why are they involved in this? And I wrote down, she's in love with the front man of the headline. Wow. <laughs> we are but nailing this, Jake. Asked, the reason I, I wanted clarification on what the name of the headlining band technically is in this world is because I named it myself because I didn't know if anybody else was going to. And I had named them the Beagles, but I like <laughs> the Lonely Hearts Club better. 
Eagles was their oh, original also, name. And uh, and so we're retconning this now because obviously she's in love with uh, Sergeant Peppers, but originally she in in my lore she was in love with a uh, musician named Don Lemon. So <laughs> so she uh, doesn't believe in violence, and so she and uh, Sergeant Pepper kind of have at this point they have like quote unquote collaborated on some music. They've spent some time together, not in any like overtly public way just yet. Um, also the other uh, members of the Lonely Hearts Club band are not a huge fan of her because she's kind of quirky and they feel like she's distracting from Sergeant Pepper's focus on the music. But I will say this, that's the reason why Sergeant Pepper is not a Lonely Heart is because of Coco Ghost though. Exactly. And yeah, so go slow as in she's like, you know, good vibes, just go slow. She talks slow, she speaks softly, but yeah, she is pretty weird. And um, Sergeant Pepper uh, knew that she was going to come anyway to, to see them perform. But when he found out about, you know, this uh, danger that he had been sort of alerted to, he also realized that it was very important for her to be there because as a cleric, she does have magical abilities. And her sort of signature move is that she can just scream random frequencies into a microphone up and down really loudly, rendering everyone around her inert because they're just so confused and befuddled <laughs> by what's going on. And I hope that the listeners at home uh, understand that reference. It sounds like Houston does. I do a little and, bit. I couldn't recall what exactly it is, but it is triggering something in the back of my brain that I I can like hear what you're talking. I think it's triggering in me is the song "Be My Yoko Ono." by the Bare Naked Ladies, that they have a song all about Yoko Ono, and there is a part that sounds like that. And I assume they are referencing the same thing you are referencing. If you just get on YouTube and search Yoko Ono screaming, uh, you will know exactly what I'm talking about, because she did uh, a okay. bit of performance art that basically involves her just standing in front of a microphone, screaming random frequencies into it. Um, not necessarily calling it music. I don't think it was performance art, yeah. and it was extremely bizarre. And that has kind of become Dude. something that Yoko Ono has. You like just released some stuff. Really? She's like still doing, still, do, yeah, still well, doing that, stuff. That yeah. event took place not that long ago. I think that was in the last in 10 years oh, or so. Okay. Um, so oh, yeah. what's the band that sings roller coaster? Roller coaster. Like a roller coaster. You don't say no. We roller coaster. You don't say no. Oh, oh. I've never heard and that. It's such a roller coaster. Brothers? Uh, I googled it. Features. Yeah, she did a collaboration with them, and they feel like the most random band. Uh, maybe there's some history behind them. I think the only reason you think they're a random band is that the song you know by them is Roller Coaster, which I've never heard, and I love the Bleachers. I, I'm a, I, I haven't listened to much Bleachers, but I'm majorly huge fan of Jack Antonoff, so, and everything that he's worked on. Well, we have something. Fun. We all have something about the Bleachers that we enjoy. And so does Yoko Ono, apparently. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty much her. Uh, oh, uh, a couple more points. So, so yeah, so, so Sergeant Pepper knows that she can, she, it could come in handy that she could use that hidden ability that she wasn't planning on revealing for another 50 years after his death. But um, she can use that ability if she needs to kind of subdue a situation when things get dangerous. Um, also, uh, she, her alignment... Um, I'm also kind of going off script here in terms of the whole we're not beholden to D&D &D rules thing. Um, her alignment is just true chaotic. Yes, that feels appropriate. <laughs> that feels appropriate. There's really no clear 
no clear good evil neutral thing. She's just true true chaotic. So the funny thing is, really when I made Sergeant Pepper, I did imagine him more as a, a Ringo type. To be honest, I know I did say bass wow. Lynetric guitar, which was uh, Paul McCartney. And, and Fredman, which is Paul McCartney or John Lennon, either way. Yeah, um, I guess you could make an argument, but I feel like John Lennon, at least in their heyday, was sort of the the biggest guy. Oh, it's absolutely yeah. not Ringo. I, I just wanted him to have the personality of Ringo, kind of. Uh, but no, now he's definitely John Lennon. Oh, she... And uh, last detail, last detail, which I didn't write down, it just came to me right now. Um, when you were talking about how uh, Sergeant Pepper has certain spells that he can use, so um, one of those spells is uh, he developed himself uh, in collaboration with um, Coco Goslow, and um, the name of that spell is a secret, but basically what it does is it just turns any amount of lawn or grass into um, fields that stretch on forever and just generate strawberries. Strawberry fields forever. I love it. This is basically so, plant growth, but specifically... It works as a diversion because people love strawberries and then they go on forever. So it can also wreak havoc on the general ecosystem. <laughs> but <laughs> That actually yeah. brings me back to our game, which one of my spells was third level spell plant growth, which I did have tied to strawberry fields forever. So can't use that one now. Nice. Uh, and if it's, I mean, if they, if they really nail the spell, we just have to make a canon that the entire world of Shivalo is now completely covered in strawberry fields because they go on forever. Forever. I, I, we could limit it to the, to the okay, island, yeah, I think. They go until they hit water. Strawberry fields limited. <laughs> anyway, that's my character. Coco Goslow. Okay. Secret lover and collaborator nice. with um, Sergeant Pepper slash uh, Don Lemon, which is his offstage name. <laughs> that might be an alias that he has, and that's how they yeah. met. And then later is like, my name's actually Maxwell Pepper. Um, He's the only one that knows his name is Don Lemon. Uh, I got some... I think Don Lemon is Liz Lemon's dad on 30 Rock. Oh, that too. Okay. Um, I got three more songs for you guys. All right. Four spells. Guess the song. This level two spell, Aid. What do you think the Beatles song is? It's got to be Help. It is definitely Help. Sorry, I zoned out on that one. Here's a tricky one. I'm going to test you with this one. It's first level magic missile. Now, don't think of it necessarily as like automatically hitting or what it is. But think about what a magic missile could look like. This one's going to test you a little bit. Octopus's garden. It could. You can't tell me it couldn't look like that. We don't know. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> but more realistically, if you were shooting... Across the universe. Uh, that's a pretty good one. That was actually my planar I mean, shift spell. Missiles, missiles could fly across the universe. I do have pl- planar shift, which is across the universe. What if it's Octopus's garden? Octopus's garden. Could also be it, but it's not. Um, That's a fun shallow tie-in. So I imagine these magic missiles to be yellow orbs that you shoot off, but when they shoot across, they look like a long out comes blur. the sun. Uh, yellow submarine. Yellow submarine. Goes to bright. We already did. Here comes the sun. We sure did. Yeah. Bummer. Your connection to magic... Oh, because submarines can shoot missiles yeah. with your connection. Ah. That's, not, that's not really the direction you led us with the hints. But yeah, no, I, I got think it. Anyone technically lives on the magic missiles, but the yellow submarine, yes. It is a living thing that shoots out the mis- magic yeah. missiles. It works. Uh, my character is yellow submarine, <laughs> and he shoots <laughs> magic missiles. 
That's his whole thing. That's it. I am Yellow Submarine. No, actually, my character has nothing to do with the Beatles. I didn't realize you were going so far into the Beatles. I wasn't expecting like really any Beatles. I made this D&D character like two years ago. Have yet to had a uh, opportunity to use them. So deciding, you know what? I'm going all out. Um, but I'll hand it over to you, Brian. Who's your character? My character is named Sophia Ledrone. Um, and she is a Triton uh, protection fighter uh, who works for the mob uh, down in Dark City. She's a bodyguard for the head of the Tridents, whose name is Vito Speedo Codleone. <laughs> and she's she don't don't think consigliere. That's where I was going to go with her. But I think we already did a consigliere in this. So she's not that she's just a bodyguard. Her family has sort of worked with the Codleones for years. But then when her parents died, she was like basically an adult at that point. So she wasn't really an orphan. She wasn't like taken in by them, but like got a job with them and has worked with them. Um, but now her job is to help Vito's son, Michael, get out of the family business. He wants to he wants to make it big in the music industry. I never thought there could be a legitimate Beatles Godfather reference crossover, but we've done it. We've done it. So Michael is Michael is the <laughs> I'm making him like a horrible teenager. He's just like 16 year old years old and the worst. And his eight friends are the are a ska band. <laughs> And so uh, Michael plays the trombone and he is in the band. I, I, I wanted to make like a fun like water or or fish reference because they're Tritons uh, for like a ska band. But I couldn't find anything. So I went for the, with the Dark City Ska Paradise Orchestra, which is based on the Tokyo Ska Paradise Orchestra. One of my favorite ska bands. They could also just be the Aquabats. Um, my, my joke with that last little sentence was that there are two very, very obvious references to go for. And I didn't go for them. So the first is the Aquabats. One of my favorite ska bands. Uh, not really a ska band these days. Um, and the other is Real Big Fish. But I was like, eh, too easy. So I went for no joke other than making a joke about how it's easy to make a joke about a ska band having a water or fish reference. And now we've come full circle. It's called Dark City Ska Paradise Orchestra. I also never knew there could be a connection between the Godfather and ska music. So we're just breaking all sorts of boundaries on this episode. <laughs> yes, it's Michael and his, his eight horrible friends playing probably pretty bad ska um, unlike the Tokyo Ska Paradise Orchestra but they got into the festival because obviously Vito is like well I gotta get him out of the out of the family business I want him to go have a good life he's he's never gonna survive uh, you know Dark City so I want him to really get out there so he bribed Mayor what's his name Bungalow uh, yeah Bungalow Bill Mayor Bungalow Bill to let the Dark City Ska Paradise Orchestra into the Foghorn Music Festival and sent uh, Sophia along to watch over him, right? And sort of like act as band manager because it's the only way Michael would be like okay with it, right? With her coming. Um, so she is a Triton, but she's like very colorful. She, she's based on a mantis shrimp. Oh, so very colorful, um, all that kind of stuff. But then she dresses like all in black, right? Black, you know, pantsuits and things like that because um, it's the mob, right? And it's Dark City. But then she finally gets to really show her colors when she goes up on the surface because she's sort of in character. So she wears sort of bright, fun colors and is sort of trying to blend in. And she's I think I think this is sort of a, a big moment for her. She's like, maybe I want to get out of this business, too. Right. This is my chance to like maybe I want to actually be a band manager and actually like love this music and stuff. So anyway, that's kind of her whole thing. Um, and depending, I actually, I actually built in a, a mechanic for her, oh. depending on how the mission goes, she will change. I will use, I will put a different picture on Instagram for her. 
her current picture is Stephanie Beatrice as Rosa Diaz. Okay. Because um, that's kind of her, her sort of grumpy vibe. But if if this mission goes well, she's going to become uh, Mirabel from Encanto, also played by Stephanie Beatrice. Oh, uh, okay. And she'll get very into the flowers and the the bright colors and singing songs. Um, I thought she was going to be um, uh, Stephanie Beatrice's character in In the Heights, who is also a happy version. And live action, you might say. Also live action, you could say or might say. Um, yeah, that's my character. Yeah, let me give you another song real quick to try and guess. All right, you can do that while I pull up my, my dice. I'll just hit you with one real quick. Um, if you had to guess what Prismatic Spray is, and I'll give you a hint, it's going to be one of the drugged up songs. What would you guess that Beatles song is? Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Oh, you nailed it, Jake. I think you won this. Nice. Sorry, Brian. No, it's all good. I wasn't expecting to win. I'm surprised <laughs> I got any of them. I- I barely scraped through. So, <laughs> also, can I ask you guys? Have you ever heard of the song "The Continuing Story of Bungalow Bill"? No, no. It is a Beatles song, and I w- I was wondering if you guys would catch on it. That was just kind of my test to see how big a Beatles fans you were, and apparently not big enough. I assumed you were doing a a Hannibal thing, Silence of the Lambs with Buffalo Bill. Oh, because you have before in our D and D games. I have. This is true. Because if anyone knows me, it's I do love intertwining my Silence of the Lambs references into the Beatles music. Exactly. Um, but yeah, did you suggest we roll, Brian? Because that sounds like a good idea. Yep, I just rolled. Oh, wait, I did. So, yeah, I had a question before we roll. In these roles, we're determining how our character deals with the impending danger. But are we going to learn anything additional about this impending danger prior to rolling or learn about it through? Role. I mean, we, we know that the walrus is, is our big threat they're dealing with, right? Yeah, honestly, I have some ideas we can work with, but I just kind of left it open-ended, uh, and I'm willing to collaborate with you guys as to what is going on. Sweet. I mean, do, do you have someone in mind to who is the walrus? Uh, I have a few options of who it could be based on our roles. Well, I was picturing it is maybe also a fellow Triton, right? Because because be. it's a fish reference. I mean, Boris, it very well could not, be. Hit me with it and see if that seems like an accurate assessment. Cool. So, um, Sophia's character just rolled a seventeen on her check, so she's ha- going to have some success. And I think she does because because she didn't have a sort of a real connection to this to the other characters, right? At this point, that's why I wanted to go first on her role. Is I think she. She's just been on the lookout, right? She's just like making sure Michael and her and his friends are okay. But I think she recognizes because of her background, she recognizes that is the walrus. I know the walrus. There's no reason he would be here other than if he's up to something. Um, I think she just like instantly recognizes him as like, okay, I'm going to talk to the authorities and I'm going to like she she is like very proactive and just like, okay, we're doing this. We are no longer in music mode. I am taking care of this threat. All right. Just all equipment like she's not going to be as she's not even going to try and stay as un- undercover. She's not worried about it. And so I think she will will like be looking for the mayor and will will make contact with okay. your two characters. Um, can you remind me what you rolled on this? I rolled a 17. OK, so she's doing really well with this. I am going to request to go last because it will be a game changer. I'll just tease you with that. Uh, Jake, would you okay. like to go next? Yes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, Houston style here and set the stage before I reveal the role. So, um, also this is a this is kind of a deep cut uh, in terms of my character's uh, background and lore, which I can explain later because I doubt you guys 
or any of our listeners might get this, but um, so uh, Coco Gosolo is aware of some sort of vague threat um, that could potentially happen, and uh, because she has been tipped off by uh, her secret lover, uh, Sergeant Pepper, and uh, she always carries a bag of peas around, um, and. So as sort of like in her mind, this makes perfect sense, even though it might not make much sense to anyone other than her. She just kind of uh, walks around the entire like venue field while they're playing the music. And she just leaves a pee wherever she goes. Um, a pee? She and, leaves a pee? Yeah, like, well, she ha- she's carrying a bag of peas and she just spreads them out like wherever she wanders and dances around. Okay. And this is a uh, kind of an okay idea, I guess, because, you know, maybe if some bad guy shows up, they might slip on the peas because uh, she rolled a six. <laughs> and uh, real quick here, I uh, I do need to... Uh... Is this a Yoko Ono reference that I should understand, this P thing? Well, if you take a quick look at... Um, I'll explain it for the listeners, but if you take a quick look at the chat channel... So this is a tweet from Yoko Ono that says, Carry a bag of peas. Leave the pea wherever you go. <laughs> That's some sage wisdom, I, I must say. It on a compil- <laughs> I just found it on a compilation website of... <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest moments of Yoko Ono. <laughs> Three? That in 2015, right. she tweeted, She tweeted, carry a bag of peas, leave a pea wherever you go. And that's that was her approach. 3.3 thousand people loved this. Yeah, what's not to yeah. love? 3.3 thousand people. I mean, she's a big person, a famous person. That's probably not very high, actually, for a famous person. So, uh, not, not a great attempt, but, you know, it could potentially cause someone to slip and open a window for someone yeah. more competent to actually do something. Well, I'm going to get ready to also post a picture of what I rolled. Because, guys, my first roll was a natural one. And my first impression was like, I mean, I do want to have some integrity with this and just go with whatever there is and not necessarily try to cheat the system for the most narrative satisfying thing. But also, I've been the natural one guy before. And that just feels like I'm bringing down the vibes of this podcast. So I was like, let me just roll the other one. Hopefully I can get a more middle number. I rolled another one. And, and so then I was like, really? Okay. Okay. No. Let's do, let's do one more. And so I just dropped, I just dropped the Are picture. You? That is three natural ones in a row. No. Okay, Brian. <laughs> oh Brian, my gosh. You, you majored in statistics or something. I need to know the statistic probability of that actually happening. Because it seems I think it's one in 8,000. 8,000 chance of that happening. No, let me double check that. I mean, 20, 20 cubed is... 20 cubed, three consecutive ones. Yeah, 8,000. That's yeah, one in 8,000 yeah. chance. So, wow. I think you're going to have to get your Stephanie Beatrice burnt to a crisp picture for Instagram on this one. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, let me establish this, though. The stakes were were bad, right? I mean, what, what is the... We, we need to figure out what the walrus is going to do. I think I think at this point, we pivot, like, we're on the walrus's team now. I know now. what the walrus is going to do. I, okay, here, let's I think a mysterious note is left. I, I, instead of just killing your characters, uh, like I did last time when I got a natural one, uh, I'm going to first go to you, Brian, and I'm going to say... Or there's going to be a note left for your character. And it says... 
uh, do you want to be a part of the revolution? Oh no! And it has a pic- it has a picture of a walrus below it. So, okay. uh, is there a checkbox for yes or no, or is it it's sort of a question? There's and a, a note? blank line you can write in it. And the question was, are you in for the revolution? Are you in for the revolution? Signed by the walrus. Um, and she's gonna write yes, but she doesn't mean it. Okay. Well, either way, the yes is written, and the script disappears, and then you are teleported. 50 miles outside of the city. Oh, no. So you are safe. Here's what I think. Those peas are were no peas. They were no ordinary peas. Those were little beads that within them had the delayed fireball spell in each of them. And then wow. Sergeant Pepper, he goes to Bungalow Bill and says, I think the threat is resolved. We're okay to carry on. And he goes on, and he gives the best performance of his life. Uh, and he goes, let me bring on my... My lover onto the stage, Coco Goslow, uh, and then he casts a protective barrier around himself and into the microphone yells, I am the walrus. And then all the delayed fireball spells go off and destroys the festival. And then he turns to the camera and says, There can be only one great musician in this world. Wow. He was the walrus. He was the walrus all along. <laughs> he was the walrus all along. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe he was the walrus. Uh, he wasn't intended Wild. to be the walrus, <laughs> but when you get three natural ones, he does. Oh. He becomes the walrus. He becomes the walrus. Yeah, I thought like honestly, I thought like worst case scenario, if things went really poorly, was that the walrus would turn out to be Dark Crap Man, which is an alias for Mark Chapman, who was the guy who shot John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is, this is like Jake because he inadvertently turned my character into John Lennon, who is the walrus in the song. Even though in the Glass Onion song, he does clarify right. that Paul McCartney was actually the walrus. That's a little Beatles trivia for you, but... So, like, looking at the big picture here, is the conclusion that we're reaching from the, the overall dice roll here that Coco Goslo getting involved with uh, Sergeant Pepper it was kind of the downfall yes, of everything. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> Coco Goslo did, and, and that his bandmates had every right to be suspicious and annoyed of her. They had every right, and now they're burnt hearts. Oh man! I don't think I don't think my character knows what happened. If she just teleported oh, out, just like. Well, and who knows where she landed? She might just be treading water in the ocean right now. It, I mean, she is a, a she is a water very person. Specific so. spot. Uh, I think Coco and Sergeant Pepper do join up with her later, and she's a little bit in shock as to what just happened. So you can resolve that however you want, Brian. If she tries to find a way to sneak out of this or whatever, but um, he was enamored with her skills and did want to bring her on as part of the revolution, the musical revolution, if you will. Nice. She didn't even know how to make music yet. Yes. And I think we should uh, put this in the show notes for anybody listening, but for the sake of the two of you right now, um, as soon as this all happens and then the dust finally settles, uh, a performance resumes and it goes a little something like this. Oh, no. Skip to like 20 seconds. And then that's the end I'm of the I'm pretty festival. sure that is the war cry that Coco Boslo makes as the beats are going <laughs> off. The peas are going off. 
Wow. Oh, man. You know, this really, uh, this really came together, pun intended. <laughs> oh, man. There it is. That's time to find that end episode. Let's do this. All right. Um, thanks for thanks for listening to Background Checks. Um, that was up and bye. Bye.